I knew there was something that I could put out there that would help people. And that's my main goal. It was, it was more of to like use this platform, not to make my life look perfect, but to show you like, this is where I came from and this is what I'm doing now. And if I can do it, you can do it. Because like I said, like comparing my life to like, like other people that would run, I'd be like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. So I would start running and I just had that mindset. Like, and I truly still believe in it. Like if, if there's somebody out there doing something, you can do it too. Like there's nobody that is better than you. There's, it's all up to you. Like you manifest your own destiny. So. with hybrid athlete Nathan French. We had an opportunity to dive into his story and talk about his motivation and reason for getting into lifting in the first place and also his motivation for pursuing a marathon. Nathan is preparing for the Go One More Marathon in January of 2022 powered by BPN. We talk about his life and how over time he grew on social media and that ultimately opened up doors and opportunities for him to work with amazing companies like BPN and Raw Gear and so much more. Guys, you're going to love this episode with Nathan. He really dives into what it looks like to live the lifestyle of a hybrid athlete. Without further ado, welcome Nathan French. What's up, Nathan? Thank you so much for jumping on the AIM podcast. What's up, Doug? How's everything going, man? It's going good. I love it. I love it. You've got some. Uh, you got some nice deer behind you, man. Are you Are you ready for hunting season? Yeah, I. Uh, it started October second. I did go out. Haven't seen anything yet, um, unfortunately. But um, it's like you just got to put in the time. Hopefully, we have one that I see. I won't settle for. So I have my biggest one's a nine pointer, and I'm trying to go out for like a. Every year you want to get bigger. It's just how nature works. You just want more meat, more, more antlers. So um, yeah, we're gonna go out, keep going out consistently, and hopefully we get like at least a ten pointer. That's the goal. That's the goal. Now, is hunting is hunting something you grew up doing? Like you've done for a while, or is it something you've gotten into more recently? Um, no. So I I started when I was uh, ten, and which is relatively young. It's not like I know kids that started when they're like seven. Um, but so when you start younger, you actually need somebody to go with you. That's over 21. And the first time I went out, crazy story. Um, my dad was like, um, we had a doe walk in front of us and it was like, I couldn't shoot it. I, I just like, I almost felt bad. And it was weird. Cause like, you know, you got to hunt it to, to get meat, to, you know, kill it. And, and ultimately that's the goal. It's just like, like it derives back to evolution that's that's the whole goal of hunting and um i just let it pass by and my dad was kind of like why did you shoot it and i just couldn't so then it just took uh more exposure seeing the deer and understanding hunting um so i think you, you make a really cool point like we can dive into like the the good part of this episode in a second but with hunting like i feel like once you get the mind mindset perspective of like this is a way for survival versus I'm not just going out to just kill animals. Like that's, I think a lot of people that don't hunt see it as just like going out, just like harm, like kill and harm animals for no reason. But I think there is a lot to it when you look at it yeah. for 
survival and evolution. Yeah. And I like to think of it too. Like um, you almost take ownership for what you eat because we vent like the, the deer meat that we do eat is amazing. It's high quality, low in fat, high in protein, good for the gains. You know what I mean? But it's just one of those things where it's like, you're eating it just like fishing too. You're eating what you killed or what you harvested. And it's just, I, I think there's a lot of fulfillment in it. It's kind of cool because you know it's fresh. There's no chemicals or, you know, all that bullshit getting put in it. So it's just it's just like a natural way of eating, I guess. So. Yeah. And you because you like you like to do a lot of stuff outside. Obviously, you, you spend a lot of time training and doing other stuff, but you, you like to fish and hunt and do all of that stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. I like it all. That's awesome, man. Well, before we dive into this episode, obviously you're you're training for a marathon, which is super crazy. You're doing that hybrid style, though. You're not just strictly running, which um, I'm excited to talk to you about because I'm doing something similar to that. But I yeah. want to hear more about your background, and your story, kind of how you got to this point. I know you're you're from Pennsylvania, right? Yep. Hershey, awesome. PA. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I mean, dive into that. Tell me a little bit about like how you got to where you are right now. So crazy nick bear is also from we grew up like 15 minutes from each other so he's from the same area that i am um his grandparents actually grew up across from my mom so small like area that actually like um he he's the one that inspired me to get into hybrid training but um well you are so i'm going to start out with kind of like um my whole lifting career and how that started so i played football baseball and track and uh, went through high school, enjoyed all of it. I just love being competitive. So after high school, really started lifting, getting into building muscle, just getting as big as possible. I was watching like Arnold motivation before I go to the gym. I just wanted to have like 25 inch biceps and the whole goal is just to get huge. And uh, I, I did that for a few years, but then I kind of got to a point where I was like, um, it was kind of like, I didn't have that challenge or that competitive side to me that I experienced when I was in high school playing sports. So I wanted to almost, you know, you can push yourself in the weight room, but um, when you go for a run, you, you almost go to this like dark place where you're pushing yourself harder than you did ever before. And uh, so I went, I remember I saw Nick talking about how he's going to go for a marathon and at first I was kind of like oh, I don't I'm never running I'm, I'm gonna get huge like that's what I'm doing and uh, when he did do it I started I went out for my first run never probably ran over three miles in my life and uh, did two miles two and a half miles and I thought I was gonna die it was terrible I was like I'm never doing this again um, and then I was like I just was thinking in my head, like if he can go out and, you know, David Goggins, of course, was popping in that time frame and he was running hundreds of miles. And I was thinking, I can't even run two and a half. Like, like, who am I? I I'm nothing. Like, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to try it. So I went out and over time, I just kept putting in miles and uh, I just like built that aerobic base. So it was just literally through sucking it up like whenever my legs hurt or whenever the pain and, and the lactic acid was just building up, I kind of just pushed through it and, and I got faster and longer distance just became easier. So. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and this has been more recent thing. So like what, what your motivation getting into like the initial phases of your like lifting career, like was that was that all stimulated from like your, your interest in sports or were there other like motivating like other motivators in the picture? Uh, so it was mostly through my interest in sports. So football started my like lifting because I was 150 pounds at six one, which was pretty pretty scary I, mean, I think at one point I was 147 and I just remember one I was uh I was a wide receiver and I just remember we would do hitting drills and I always was scared to do them because I was this little rail and I I, I would seriously I I thought I was gonna die because I, I would get messed up man like six foot tall one I'm an easy target because I'm lanky and I have no muscle or weight to me so I, I'm just gonna get crushed and the shorter guys have the leverage. So I was like, it, it came to a point where I was just tired of getting pushed around and just being like, I felt weak. Like, honestly, on the field, I just didn't have confidence and I didn't, I wanted to play, I wanted to start. And then uh, transitioning two years later, I, I was probably just lifting. I remember I would lift like almost twice a day for close up to two years straight. I'd have like three PB and J's a night um, because our coaches preach peanut butter and jellies build muscle and I didn't know so that's what I ate that was like my PB&Js <laughs> and whey protein shakes at night was my dinner and uh, yeah over time I just eventually I got bigger and I was able to start but yeah that's kind of what start, like sparked it for me just being like really skinny and and uh, lanky just not having confidence when playing sports. No, yeah, that's and, and and what you've done also too is kind of documenting the journey through social media, and your social media is just taken off. Obviously, it's still growing a lot, but how how did that kind of come in the picture? Was that something you always thought of doing, or like what was your motivation behind kind of incorporating that side of it into your process? Uh, it was kind of so I did it. I started in COVID. I really wasn't uh, big into social media, but I I thought of it like I know there's other kids that go through this. Like you start out. And most kids do you start out as a younger kid you're you don't not everybody has the most confidence and you know i wanted to kind of influence people that you can change your life if you really wanted to and i wanted to show people more of the process so like i knew there was something that i could put out there that would help people and that's my main goal it was it was more of to like use this platform not to make my life look perfect but to show you like, this is where I came from and this is what I'm doing now. And if I can do it, you can do it. Because like I said, like comparing my life to like, like other people that would run, I'd be like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. So I would start running and I just had that mindset. Like, and I truly still believe in it. Like if, if there's somebody out there doing something, you can do it too. Like there's nobody that is better than you. There's, it's all up to you. Like you manifest your own destiny. So I, lo I love that. And I think there's there's so much to take from like going through, you know, hard times, good times, whatever it is. But then looking back and be like, wow, this is where I was. And now this is where I am. And I think, you know, finding some way, whether it be social media or journaling or something, document that process can actually be super beneficial. Um, and it just depends on how public you want to be with it. Some people enjoy being public and like making an impact on a greater audience. But I love I love what you're doing, man. You're killing it. Appreciate it. What not? And then now, obviously, as those things start to escalate and you do kind of crush the social media brands get involved. I know you, you've got your BPN hat on right now. 
Um, how, how did that come into the picture? Like what, what are some brands you're working with and kind of how, what was that process like? So I'm working with uh, Raw Gear, Raw Gear and BPN. So BPN was first, I started out as an ambassador and I worked my way up to an athlete, uh, but it all started because I followed Nick and then he had like this whole ambassador launch in which he could apply. And I applied and luckily I got accepted. And that was kind of like, I remember that that's actually probably why I did initially step foot, take the first step in making a social media page because Nick put out there that he wanted to have a, uh, an ambassador team. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna start posting fitness stuff and see if I get accepted. First time around, um, I didn't think, I don't, I don't think I applied the first time I actually missed it, but the second time I applied and yeah, and I, I, I got accepted. So ever since then, raw gear did reach out probably about six months later, six to seven months later. And they're really on the TikTok side. And that's where I was really growing the most with like workouts and, and motivational clips. So, yep. No, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I think that's really cool. Raw gear is really, I think they've done a really good job of expanding. They, they just came out with like those shorts you posted the other day. Those are like more geared towards like running and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are amazing. I have, so I'm a big fan of Lululemon. Like, I don't know if you know, but I'm sure you do. Yeah. Super nice stuff, but it's expensive. Right. But these shorts, I mean, I, they, they are my running shorts. Now I used to wear Lululemon for everything. If I were to run, um, but these are my training shorts and my running shorts. They're like the five inch um, and they just fit amazing. Yeah. Cause that was the one thing when I was looking kind of raw gears, like line of product, I was like, they don't really have a ton of running stuff. It's more of kind of like yeah. lifting, whatever, but now, I mean, it looks like they're trying to compete with those shorts. They look good. Yeah. I like them a lot. That's awesome, man. So you, you've touched on this, but this is, I really want to dive in cause I've got a bunch of questions, but you know, you're running this marathon, your motivation. I mean, you can talk a little bit more about it, but obviously I know there was some inspiration from Nick, but what was the real like motivator behind you running this marathon? Like, was it just, you wanted to try something new or like what, what kind of crossed your mind when you woke up and was like, I'm going to make this decision. Uh, it was kind of, so I'm very spontaneous. Like, um, I remember it was, uh, I, for, I don't know what it was. I woke up and I went through my day and it was in the evening. Um, I was just like scrolling on my computer. And uh, I remember two days before that, I hit a 390 pound bench press and a thought kind of rolled over my head. And I was like, oh, what, what could I do? Like, what, what can I do that's gonna like make people like, you know, I can lift weights that's impressive but what what can I do that's gonna motivate people that 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 might be a pivotal point in their life that will make them lose weight or become a better person for their family or you know just maybe like cure some of the depression they had or or anything like that I was thinking like more importantly too I was like well what could I do for myself because I'm going to be honest. I wasn't really, I was biking. I was probably biking maybe like 40 miles a week on my stationary trainer and that was my cardio. So I was still pretty active, but um, I was thinking like, what could I do for myself? That's going to just make me more stronger, more disciplined and a better person. And that was a marathon. And 
I looked up closest marathons that night and I signed up for the Philly marathon, which now I'm not running anymore, but I'm running the go one more in Texas. So, yeah. Yeah. I was curious kind of what, what went into that decision when you decided to not run the marathon in Philly and instead do the one in BPN. Yeah. So it was just cause Philly's like, they're, they're really preaching like COVID and stuff. And I didn't want to have to worry about wearing a mask around the finish line. And, and <laughs> I was just like, I'm not doing that shit. I'm, I'm going to run in Texas. So. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I mean, the, the one in Texas, I think is going to be really cool. And obviously like, yeah, you'll be with Nick. You'll have all your, all your team, like everyone there. I think that's going to be a really cool event. Yeah. I'll have uh 50, well, 15 weeks out. So I remember I talked to you about that is like, I don't know. I'm trying to be conservative because if I start running too early, I don't want to burn myself out for that race day. So. Well, so yeah, so I, I want to dive into that because I want to hear more about how your strength training has been coupled with the running. So like the marathon that you were planning on initially running, when was that? When was the date for that? Uh, it was November 23rd. Okay. So I was about eight weeks out. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But now, so now that you're pushing it further back, that event with BPN is in, the, is in January, you said? Yeah, January 30th or 23rd. So when you're, when you're training for an event like this, but you're continue, you're making an emphasis to continue training the strength side of things, how are you managing both? Like, what is your, what does your split look like? Is it similar to what it was before? You're just, you're just trying to do both. Like, how does that look? So um, when I first started the marathon training, I found it, I found it easy to train, not easy, but I found it beneficial for me to train six days a week. And I'd hit legs once a week and everything else I'd hit twice a week just because of the taxing um, and all the endurance on my legs. It was just really difficult to recover. So basically, I would start out first six weeks. My plan was to lift six days a week. After six weeks of my program, it was like it really started to ramp up. I was hitting I was probably running over 50 miles a week, which is pretty much so I was just like. I'm going to, so after those six weeks, I dropped it down to four. That was the programming. And then I would just maintain those four weeks or lifting four times a week. So. And, and within, within the actual lift itself, were you doing, were you still doing hypertrophy or were you doing more strength-based like rep range? Like what, what were you doing in terms of the actual lift itself? Uh, I think lifting for strength is the most beneficial when you're running because you got to tell your muscles like you, they have to have a reason to, to stay. Like if you're going into the gym and you're lifting with 25 pounds, your muscles are going to be like, screw you, I'm leaving. You know what I mean? But if you throw on a hundred pounds and you start lifting a hundred pounds, your muscles are going to be like, oh shit, I got to stay. So it was, it, that's my mindset. It's like, if you lift for hypertrophy, I, I just don't think you're really going to build muscle running that much. Like when we're talking marathon. So I don't think hypertrophy is really that um, important. I mean, I do use hypertrophy lifts and movements and rep ranges. Maybe I probably do it like three exercises every time I lift, but the rest is just strength heavy training. So I normally hit four and then I do three hypertrophy, four strength, three hypertrophy. So, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, this is something I really want to dive into because this is something I'm personally dealing with. I want to talk about your diet and how that looks. So prior to the marathon, obviously 
you're probably just eating a ton, uh, putting, putting on muscle mass and just growing. What, what does your diet look like now that you're kind of in this hybrid style of training? Is it, this, is it similar? Or are you eating more? Like, what does that look like? So I'm down. So my old diet was get huge. So I was eating, dude, I was probably eating 4,000 calories a day close. And then um, after that marathon started and I really, I, Mark Bell is a pretty popular podcast um and he uh i was looking him up and he had like intermittent fasting you know that's what he was talking about and i was like you know what i'm gonna get i tried it before but it really just didn't work for me but i was like i'm gonna give it a shot so went out first day um tried it ended up uh just binging at night because i was so hungry from the fast in the morning so i was doing the 16 hour fast and uh everybody says you gotta you gotta stick with it so i was like okay, I'm going to stick with it. So then over time, the first week was rough. I was eating a little too much, but then my body started getting used to that time frame. And the best um, advice I had told myself was kind of forget that you're fasting for those 16 hours. And when those eight, when that eight hour window would come, um, just eat normally. And uh, it worked. And now I'm down 14 pounds. And for me, I love training fasted. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. I hated it originally. Um, I always had to have food. But one of the reasons why I uh, started like fasting is because uh, I think on it, like on an evolution standpoint, like I think we perform the best when we're looking for food. I think so, you know, before you go into a weight training session, I think all your adrenals, everything is fired up. Um, and I think you're super responsive when you eat your first meal after your lift. So what I do is I, I run in the morning, lift in the morning fasted, and then I eat my first meal and I feel very hyper responsive and I'm not super hungry the rest of the day. And I just think because of corporate life, all that bullshit, I think like they make it seem like you need to have food when in reality we're made to hunt and we're made to perform the best when we don't have food so we can get food on some that's some deep stuff but that's the way i've been thinking and i love it man i love it no that's that's super interesting i we had a guy on the podcast a couple of weeks ago derek Ansa. he's based out of atlanta i'm not sure if you know him but he eats once a day and he talks about like how he does it and i was just like mind blown. i worked out with him a couple of weeks ago in atlanta i was literally mind blown but he's like your body adapts and like you're, you'd be surprised what you can do once you like to like practice it and have that repetition and then just like force your mind and body to just do what you want it to do it's it is really interesting what the human body can do yeah i was surprised I, like i said i could first week was pretty hard and then <laughs> second week i need, i mean sometimes dude i'll go i'll forget like yesterday i only ate at four o'clock so Dang. and normally it was like as soon as i wake up i used to have to eat something right away and now it's, it's crazy your body just adapts that is that is crazy. Now, in terms of the amount of food you're eating, as as your program has continued to develop, mileage is increasing. Are you eating more to compensate for that increased mileage, or or what is that? How does that work? Yeah. So when I first started, I really was in a deficit, pretty pretty big deficit, and that was difficult. Honestly, I think training is easier now that I have more food, um, but it was pretty difficult because I was losing weight and I was in such a deep deficit and I was running a lot, so. Um, but now that I'm, um, 
happy with kind of like my weight. I'm not too heavy running. Um, I feel good on my feet, feel efficient. Um, I started increasing my calories. So when that eight hour window hits, I'm eating majority, just I'm high protein, high fat, lower carbs, well, moderate fat, lower carbs. Um, but um, yeah, I'm probably eating about 30, 32 to 3,500 calories. So, and I'm still losing weight, but I, I don't, I can't eat more than that. Like I, I just, I, I feel sluggish if I do. So what do you, what is your current weight? I'm about, I think this morning I was 198. Okay. So I, I was 214. So I lost like 16 pounds. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I want to talk about recovery too, because I think that's something important. And I've seen you, you've been in the sauna recently, haven't you? Yeah. Love saunas. Big ha, fan. Talk, talk to me about that. Talk to me about just overall recovery. And I, I want to hear about your sauna experience and if you recommend that. Yeah. So I, I actually, one of the reasons why I do it is I think I, I feel as if like it flushes all the, the, like, kind of like almost like they say it's not exercising without exercising, but when you sweat, there's a whole benefit to that. Like you release all the toxins and water. I mean, I, I, some days I wake up after a long day of training and I just feel really sore and I can feel like the water around my joints. I just feel like the sauna just dries me out. And uh, I go in there, listen to like a podcast, big fan of podcasts and, and I just kind of relax and I feel amazing I don't know what it is there's not a lot of I looked up a lot of like what the benefits are and it's kind of speculation like it's it's, it's weird but I, I mean I, I want to try the red light sauna I heard that's that's a big thing right now I haven't I've, tried that yet though I've seen Nick post a lot about that <laughs> yeah I'm not sure what it does but I do I hear like there's benefits to it um so now, what else are you doing from a recovery standpoint? Do you do a lot of mobility exercises or stretching or foam rolling? How, what does that, what does that look like? For yeah, you? I'm a big fan of the foam rolling. I do that almost every run before run. Um, and then after my run, I use a massage gun and uh, that's pretty much all I do. I stretch, but mostly foam roll. Foam rolling is, is essential for me. Um, I roll like my IT band, um, my quads, glutes but yeah yeah foam rolling is killer I mean I, I I used to foam roll a lot playing basketball but I didn't realize how much how important it is for for running another thing that I've been doing I don't know if you do this at all but I'll roll out my feet with a lacrosse ball and that's that's killer dude yeah yeah I, I didn't try that because I haven't had like honestly I, I've been using the Saucony Endorphin Pros for my running shoe and I do not have any feet issues, but when I used to use the Hoka ring cons, I did um, back when I ran my half marathon. So, yeah, I wanted I wanted to ask you about that. So you've been using you you said the Saucony Endorphin Pros. Yep. What uh, do you do? You change it up at all, or have you do you use like the same pair of shoes every day? Because I've heard I've heard a lot of stuff on that topic. Yeah. So I think I do have two pairs of Sauconys, and I think that's because if you so take a tire for example so i have a truck right i have my winter wheels and i have my summer wheels my summer wheels are to get chicks they're nice big they're big <laughs> black wheels roll down country roads um and then the winter wheels are the wheels that you know they're just they're crappier they can deal with the salt but the way i think of it too is 
when you have two sets of wheels on a vehicle, they wear evenly um, because of the seasons up north um, and they last longer and they're fresher on your vehicle. And that's the way I think of as if you're going to have shoes. Um, if you wear the same shoes over and over again, eventually you're going to lose the responsiveness and the firmness of that shoe. So by rotating them, um, you can avoid that issue. So. Yeah, that's a great analogy. That makes a ton of sense. Now, are you planning on running in, in Saucony for your for your marathon or do you do you not know what you're going to run on race day? Um, 99% sure I'm running in those endorphin pros. I mean, they're amazing. I don't know if you ever tried them, but dude. Yeah, I, I haven't, man. I've been running in Brooks and then I have some ASIC music tries. I think Nick's been running in those too, but um, I haven't I haven't jumped into Saucony. I, I, needed, I needed to get some. Yeah, I tried Hoka's. Hoka's for me, they just were almost too cushiony. I was getting shin splints from, I think just because I was, I was almost like sitting into my shoe. Mm. It was almost like landing and like just being on my feet too long. Whereas the Saucony, it has like a base plate where it kind of pushes your foot off. It's very responsive. So it's like, it doesn't want your foot on the ground. Whereas I feel like Hoka was kind of like, is more, it wasn't as responsive. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. That's been that's been the fun thing because like I grew up playing, obviously playing basketball. Um, I would always wear Jordans, Kobe's, LeBron's, like basketball shoes, and I knew so much about that market. I'd sell them, I'd wear them, love all, like the new releases, and then getting into this stuff like with the shoes, like I know nothing about like running shoes, so it's been fun to kind of like learn and talk to different people who are running and see what they like. But it's it's definitely yeah. a, shoes are very different in the running world. I I found that out. Yeah, hundred percent. They can make or break you too yeah no seriously and I, i've got a really long I, I wear a size 15 my foot's pretty narrow and i actually have an extra bone in both my feet and so i have to be careful like what shoes i wear because if i don't have enough support like kind of keeping my foot together i can i can get a lot of irritation kind of on my on the yeah. side of my foot 15 so, wow yeah <laughs> not fair you're running faster because you can cover more area <laughs> i don't know dude i feel like i'm just like running with these slippers but um no man it's been it's been a fun I've enjoyed the running stuff man it's been good but like we talked about a little bit off the podcast it's it's interesting like obviously I you know the majority of my strength training and my performance training was was geared for my sport and basketball so I wasn't really lifting to get huge but I I loved lifting like I loved what it did for me mentally and how it made me feel confidence but running such a different like you can you can talk about this dude but like running is just so different from a mental standpoint and just and just having to like get yourself in that mindset where like you're going to go out there and you're just going to put the time in. There's no substitute for endurance training. And that's what I'm really learning right now. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like what you said, um, there is no substitute. And that's 100 percent true because like whenever I because I, I'm not going to lie, I'm human. I I don't want to run sometimes. I'm going to be honest. I'm not like, oh, yeah, let's go run 13 miles. I'm like, <laughs> I feel that I gotta like I look at my shoes and like screw you I'm gonna like, <laughs> you I, like I'm pissed I got it I'm pissed off right now I don't want to do this facts so but I do it anyways and and that's kind of like the whole mentality like you just you just do it you know you don't want to do it your body doesn't want to do it half the time because you're sore or you're tired or you just you don't feel like running 13 miles and uh it's the I always say to my friends and, and people that ask me, like, do I like running? I say, I don't like running before, but I like the feeling after. Yes. That's, that's 100% how I feel. I can go out for no matter what 
like I could go out and run five miles after my run, feel amazing. I could go out and run 13, feel like terrible during those 13 miles and then feel amazing as soon as I'm done. I never had a run that I regretted. I'll put it to you that way. I do. I, I genuinely couldn't agree more with that. Like, that's so true. Um, I think for me, it's like sometimes like I, I try to run in the morning as well. And it's like you wake up some mornings and it's cold, it's dark. And you're like, crap, like I do not want to do this. But then afterwards, you're like, I'm ready to literally kill the day. Like I'm ready to crush anything that stands in my way. It's like you get like this, like almost superpower, like confidence. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's something like there's a lot of satisfaction in knowing that you did something that you weren't willing to do an hour ago or you didn't want to do but you did it anyways and running it's it's like you said it's it's about time and one way like this has helped me and i want to share this with you because I, I i don't really tell people these thoughts and stuff but i always think of running as as time and i think i put it into perspective like i think that's the best way to handle these situations and and whenever something seems really hard put into perspective of your life so 24 hours in a day right I can't suck it up for a 90 minute run, which is a 10 mile run. I need, I need to work on something like, because once those 90 minutes are over in the grand scheme of 24 hours, 90 minutes is nothing. Right. So those 90 minutes, if I can put in the work, do what I have to do after I'm done, I can relax and all that suffering is over and I feel good. That's just my mindset. Like go to work when you have to go to work. And then you can relax and be a normal person and do what you want to do. Facts. Dude, no, I really like that. Honestly, I think that's, I, I truly believe perspective is key in life. And so like the, a subtle mindset shift can really change your whole vibe with like a situation or an environment that you're in. So I, I really like that you said that. Yeah. I also wanted to say too, like <laughs> I tried a 36 hour fast and that was kind of for me like running because running you're up and you're down so it's like hunger so like my hunger was like super high at some points but it also was re relatively low at some points so i think it, it, like one of the reasons why i do enjoy fasting just quick touching back up on the topic is yeah. i feel the same way after i finish a fast like every single day when i finish a fast it's almost like finishing a race or finishing a run you know you checked it off you already did it you know so like if I can go till one or two o'clock every single day without eating and then I have that first meal, it feels better. I feel like I earned it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, make, that makes a ton of sense. That I like that a lot, actually. That's pretty cool. Have you gotten to the point in your training or running career or whatever you want to call it where you kind of crave running a little bit on off days? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I kind of do. I, at the same time, I don't. Not yet. I know what you're talking about, though. Like. Yeah. I, I crave move movement. I don't yeah, crave yeah. like <laughs> I'll crave uh, like a a four mile run, but not a, not, a, <laughs> like, not like an eight or nine mile run. I do know what you're talking about. I, I don't I hate looking at my watch and seeing that I've only walked or moved six thousand to eight thousand steps because when you're training for a marathon, you're I mean my watch it would say like close to twenty to twenty five thousand a day. So I didn't like feeling like I wasn't getting better in that aspect. No. Yeah. I feel that I'm, it's funny. Cause like, yeah. I, 
You said what? Do you feel like do you feel like you want to run like on your off days? Bro, well, a little bit. So like this past week in the program I'm doing was a was a deload week. So like I don't even know what the total mileage was, but it was it was really light. Like I had I think three off days. The biggest I had two six mile runs. Like there were it was a light light week, and part of me was like like I just didn't feel right because like I'd been training for so long with higher mileage, and it's like I kind of want to go out and like just run around a little bit. But okay. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think it just takes time and you start to get excited. I'm also getting like, I think the closer you get to the race, it gets more exciting. And you're like, okay, like this is getting real. Like I'm the work I'm putting in is actually going to come to fruition. Like it's time to, it's almost game time. So I think it's kind of those two things combined is, is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Like I said too, cause I'm, I'm now I'm 15 weeks out. You're in a different situation. Yeah. I kind of have time. So yeah, you do. Well, how far are you out? You're probably. Um, yeah, so my race is December 11th, so uh, right under right under two months. Wow, there so you go. I still, it's weird because I still have some time when it's coming up, but this is where, like, looking at my program, like, this this deloaded week was, like, kind of the first kind of resting, like, lighter week, and then this next training block, it's pretty intense. It's one off day a week. I think this this Sunday I've got a 14-mile negative split run, um, and then it just, dude, it, then it goes crazy. It just keeps ramping up. And then I have one more deload a week before the race. What what program is it? Like how many weeks? It's a 16-week program, but I started on the second week. So I'm, I'm gonna have I'll have 15 weeks of training going into the into race day. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's I, I'm, I'm yeah, like, I'll probably I'm I'm thinking that's probably the best, like for anybody that because I, I started 12 weeks and I was pretty, I mean, I remember my, my first two weeks were like relatively easy. And then it was like, all right, you have a nine mile run. And my runs before that were just like four, maybe, maybe five. And it's just like, so I think like, like you said, like just being, it's better to be overly prepared than to be, to show up, not prepared. Yeah. Because I think preparation gives you confidence (laughs) that you can do it. So by going, by going out, like, like for you with basketball, like if you didn't put in the work before a game, you probably didn't feel like you could shoot relatively accurate enough. Um, I think that applies to literally everything, your job, no. like everything. I, yeah, I agree. I think it really does. And I think the cool thing that I've seen too, is just like how your body over time adapts. And like, I remember like, like kind of similar to what you were saying, like prior to training for this marathon, like I would go out and run a 5k, like max, like I wouldn't really run more than three miles. And that used to be like a solid workout for me. I'd be like, yo, I'm going to go crush three miles. It's going to be good cardio for the day. But now it's like, if I'm doing like a 12 mile run, the three, the first three miles, I've like felt like a blink of an eye. Like I've barely, I barely even felt the miles. And it's just crazy to see how over time your body changes and like perspective changes. Yeah. Have you lost weight throughout the process or? Dude, not, not really. Honestly, I thought I would. I, I weighed myself last night. I'm around 200 pounds. So um, I thought I would be like 190, 195, but I feel, I mean, I've still been lifting six days a week, pretty much the same as you. I've been doing a little bit. I've, I've been doing strength more for the legs, but still a little hypertrophy upper body. But um, I feel I feel pretty good physically. I kind of want to put on a little more size. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's after you definitely can. I think it's difficult, like we said, I think you can you can keep definition. You can keep your muscle maturity. That's not going to leave because you already have that bill. As long as you're eating enough protein and you're eating enough calories, you'll be fine. But um, yeah, I agree. I, I when you're running, you kind of crave lifting, but when you're lifting, you crave running. Yeah. For me. 
Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. And what I want to talk to someone that's really like done marathons and has experiences like how to taper off the the lifting, like leading up to race day, like how, like what does that last two week period look like? What does that last week period like to really just put yourself in a position to do your best on race day? So that's that's something I still need to kind of find some answers to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought about that too. Um, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm my goal of this marathon isn't to be the fastest person right. out there. You know what I mean? It's just that I want to run it efficiently and to the best of my ability. I just want to, I want to reach that dark place where I want to give up and push through it. That's, that's what I want to do. I, I never had this mindset of when I signed up that I was going to run a sub three hour marathon. It was more like, Hey, let's go in here, push ourselves and show people that you can do things that you didn't think you could. Yeah, no, I love that. And you know, something I, I didn't really realize at the beginning, but most people that run marathons and I mean, there's everyone can run a marathon, like whatever you put your mind to it, but they're mostly like later in their twenties, thirties, forties. Like I don't see a lot of people our age running marathons, at least guys. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I agree. You know, if they are, if they are, they're normally like, uh, they're like runners. They're not, they're not people that lift. So I think the, by doing both, it, it kind of, you, you just prove that it's possible. I agree. So what, what are your, do you, and you might not have an answer to this, but are, do you have any goals, any next goals after this marathon? Or are you, are you solely focused on this one event? Uh, so I definitely, I'm going to do an Ironman in some point in my life. I don't know when that is. I do want to, I do think I want to compete in the bodybuilding once try it. I want to go on prep, see how lean I can get because that in itself, like I was watching Chris Bombstead and he was like, man, he was 1800 calories with all that muscle. That's, that's, I mean, he's going through the same thing you are with, and he's doing two hours of cardio. I know it's different than running that in itself is just as hard as training for a marathon, if not harder. So I, I want to experience, like, I'm all about experiencing all those, like these challenges. I want to see like, because hung like it's hard to neglect something inside your body that's why people struggle with losing weight like when you're hungry like that's in that's like internally yeah you know what i mean like that, that's why people it's so hard because that's your body telling you to do something Facts. so i, I want to go on prep and just see how far i can push myself no i think that's interesting i i, I like that you're you're grabbing like goals ideas from all into the spectrum of fitness which is i think super cool how people can you know, you can be super well-rounded, you can be super strong bodybuilding, you can do like literally the most, the toughest, one of the toughest endurance events in history, the Ironman. So like, I think that's cool how the, you can take different things from each, each side of the spectrum. Yeah, I think I might, I wanted to uh, try and bench 405. These are just smaller goals, just like bench 405 and deadlift. Yeah, small goal, just 405. <laughs> I meant like something that I don't have like a, de- like a, something that i'm gonna acquire through my training like when i go on prep for bodybuilding i want to be able to hit a four or five during my bulk for sure and then I'm under, but yeah i just like it all man i think i'm i'm one to get very bored i get bored doing the same routine and i like to switch it up i think change is good and i think change is something that's uncomfortable but it becomes comfortable and it just teaches you a lot about fitness I love fitness and I just love what it can do for somebody. So dude, that's, that's so true. Like that's, that's really how I feel about it as well. And I feel like so many people are so focused in on one thing or the other, but like, I love 
the pump, the feeling of a pump when you get a crazy lift. I love the feeling of like the runner's high when you do endurance. I love hit workouts where you're like, I'm going to just put a clock on for 15 minutes and kill this circuit. Like there's different things you can take out of it, but the bottom line is just being active and being healthy. And that's, that's truly what I love and enjoy. Yeah. 100%. Heck yeah, man. Well, dude, this has been a really dope episode. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see how everything goes with your training. And I know you're going to probably adjust some things, but um it's it's really cool to to talk to you man i'm excited for you and uh i just really appreciate you jumping on the aim podcast yeah i appreciate it i mean we're both gonna kill this marathon it's just a matter of uh what our time's gonna be so super <laughs> excited. yeah no i i agree man it's gonna be a good time we're gonna put in a good effort and like you said just get to that dark place and keep pushing yeah that's what it's about that's why you sign up for these events Let's go, man. It's going to be a bad day to be a marathon on December 11th. Yeah. <laughs> and after, bad day to be a weight. <laughs> That's right. We're going to crush it. All right, man. Thank you so much, Now, I really appreciate it, man. All right. No problem. guys so much for listening to another great episode of the aim podcast with nathan french i personally really enjoyed listening to what it's like to live the lifestyle of a hybrid athlete guys if you enjoy this podcast we ask that you please give us a rating and review let us know what you think of this podcast we want to continue to push it we want to have amazing guests on and we just want to keep growing with you guys and build this community let's crush it this week let's keep pushing moving forward and let's keep ambition in mind